You're listening to Business English Pod, the Business English podcast for professionals on the move. Hello, and welcome back to Business English Pod. My name's Edwin, and I'll be your host for today's lesson on financial English vocabulary for discussing taxes. Before we get started, a quick reminder that this lesson, along with hundreds of others, is available as a free download from the BEP website. Premium members can also access a PDF transcript and online quizzes for every lesson. If you'd like to take a free trial to preview some of these extra resources, just head over to www.businessenglishpod.com. Spring is a busy time for accountants in the U.S. and many other countries. That's because spring is when corporations and individuals have to file a tax return with the government. It's our yearly reminder that we don't get to keep everything we earn. Of course, those busy accountants aren't just calculating your revenue and costs. They're looking for ways to reduce the amount you or your business have to pay in tax. And that's why the chatter around offices and boardrooms is all about ways to avoid handing over too much money to the taxman. Listen to these conversations and you'll notice many useful expressions. For example, I've already used the phrase file a tax return. That verb file always goes with return when we talk about our annual submission to the government. You can learn those words together as one expression or collocation. A collocation is just a natural combination of words that native English speakers learn as a chunk. With collocations, we don't have to go searching for every word in our brain. Instead, we pull out a string of words that matches our intended meaning. Learning these strings of words is more efficient and will make you sound more natural. As you listen to today's conversation, try to pick out some of these collocations and we'll discuss them later in the debrief. In the dialogue, we'll continue with a conversation about the tax situation of a company called Brando Equipment. Christy has been giving an update to two senior managers, Glenn and Ivana. Last time, Christy gave them an overall picture of the tax situation, and today she's providing more detail. As you listen to the dialogue, try to answer the following questions. 1. What does Christy say is one factor that increased their reported income? 2. What helped reduce the company's reported income by about $50,000? 3. What important issue does Ivana want to discuss in more detail at the end of the dialogue? Okay, so let's just hit pause for a second. Christy, I'm thinking it would be good to go over some of the key factors at play here. So we're all clear. Make sense? Definitely. So, one of the big things to note is the hit we took on capital gains. From the sale of that property in Jersey? Precisely. That bumped up our taxable income considerably. And then, there's the new tax they're imposing on our GHG production. Not huge, but still significant. Right, but isn't that part of their whole green tax thing? I mean, don't we qualify for relief in other ways? The relief is the lower corporate tax rate. Simple as that. 
some other tax incentives on renewables and such, but I don't think we qualify there. Do we, Christy? No, we don't. We did get a bit of relief on machinery, all the new stuff we bought from Mexico. The new Fed rules mean we are able to fully expense those purchases in year one. That's great news. Yes, that was part of the whole rationale behind the purchases in the first place. And wasn't there another big tax exemption somewhere? I don't know about big, but I suppose our most significant one came through our CSR activities. Our charitable donations came in around 50k, so we are exempt from tax on that. That's a bonus. And could we have avoided more tax on that front, or are we already maxed out? Not nearly. We can claim a deduction for up to 25% of our net income. Oh, wow. Didn't realize that. I still think 200k sounds like a lot, though. Well, I should mention, too, that we brought in someone from DPS to review all this, so I'm pretty sure we've done all we can to keep the final bill down. Great. I know you've put a ton of effort into this. But I just had one more thing before we wrap up. I wanted to have a quick look at cost of goods sold, because there were some red flags there when we bought the company. Could we just take a few minutes to go over what that looked like? Now let's go through the dialogue again and look at the language and collocations used during the discussion. Okay, so let's just hit pause for a second. Christy, I'm thinking it would be good to go over some of the key factors at play here. So we're all clear. Make sense? Definitely. So, one of the big things to note is the hit we took on capital gains. In our last lesson, we heard Glenn express shock at the total tax bill. So what Ivana wants to do now is look more closely at the factors at play or affecting the situation. That will help explain why their tax payable seems so high. The first issue Christy brings up is capital gains. This is something they took a hit on or suffered damage from. Gains sound like a good thing, of course, and they are. A gain is anything you earn, and a capital gain is anything you earn from selling a capital asset, such as stocks, bonds, or real estate. Of course, anything you earn is taxed, so the greater the benefit, the greater the tax. Capital gains can have a big impact on your tax situation, so let's run through some more ways of using this collocation. We're reporting higher capital gains this year due to the sale of our old office. To calculate capital gains, subtract the price you paid from your selling price. Now let's hear a bit more detail about the company's capital gains. From the sale of that property in Jersey? Precisely. That bumped up our taxable income considerably. As Christie says, the sale of property bumped up or increased their taxable income. Taxable income is the income we actually pay tax on. It's different from gross income, or the total of everything you earn. To calculate taxable income, 
we apply different types of deductions to our gross income. For example, there are many costs of doing business that we subtract from our gross income. The final number, after all deductions, that we need to pay tax on is our taxable income. Let's try some more ways of using this collocation. A bigger salary is nice, but it also means a higher taxable income. Last year's losses will help reduce our overall taxable income to $3 million. Besides capital gains, there's another factor at play that is increasing the company's tax bill, as Christy explains. And then, there's the new tax they're imposing on our GHG production. Not huge, but still significant. When the government creates a new tax, and that tax applies to one type of activity or business, we say they impose a tax. They don't make or do a tax. We always use this verb impose for the activity of taxing people or companies. In this case, the government has imposed a tax on GHG production. GHG means greenhouse gases, which are emissions that harm the environment. This is a good example of how governments try to change businesses and society through taxes. To help the environment, they impose a tax on activity that harms the environment. What are some other ways of talking about imposing a tax? Let's run through some more examples. The proposal to impose a tax on plastic bags could impact small businesses. Tech firms are alarmed the UK is talking about imposing a new digital tax. Now let's get back to the dialogue as the group continues discussing taxes related to the environment. Right, but isn't that part of their whole green tax thing? I mean, don't we qualify for relief in other ways? Glenn uses two different collocations in this part of the dialogue. The first is an expression we use to describe taxes designed to help the environment. He calls this a green tax. Calling something or someone green is a common way to say that it is good for or sensitive to the environment. Let's practice this idea of a green tax with some more examples. Proceeds from the new green tax will be invested into schemes to reduce pollution. Many governments see green taxes as a way of encouraging companies to be more responsible. Glenn understands that they have to pay tax on GHG production, but he wants to know if they qualify for relief in other ways. Relief is anything that will reduce how much you have to pay. If you qualify for relief, then you are eligible for the particular tax benefit. Often, we see specific tax relief schemes paired with new taxes. In this case, the government doesn't want to increase the overall tax burden for companies. They just want to shift that burden towards certain activities, like environmentally harmful ones. That means creating tax relief for other activities that they want to encourage. Of course, you have to qualify for that tax relief if you want to benefit from it. So let's try some more ways of using this expression. 
As a new business, you qualify for tax relief for the next three years. The changes will mean more people qualify for tax relief. Let's hear Ivana talk about what kinds of relief are available. The relief is the lower corporate tax rate. Simple as that. Some other tax incentives on renewables and such, but I don't think we qualify there. Do we, Christy? In this case, the government lowered the overall corporate tax rate to balance out the new tax on GHG production. That type of relief applies to everyone, so you don't have to qualify for it. But she also mentions special tax incentives. An incentive is anything that encourages us to do something. It's like a reward. Governments use tax incentives to encourage certain types of activity, either to benefit society or stimulate the economy. Often a tax incentive means that certain activities are not taxed or taxed at a lower rate. In this case, Ivana mentions tax incentives on renewables, which are renewable forms of energy, such as solar and wind power. What are some other tax incentives that companies might benefit from? Let's run through some more examples. Minnesota has offered huge tax incentives to attract new companies. New tax incentives have been introduced to encourage business to hire more workers. Ivana mentions tax incentives as part of the government's green taxes, but she doesn't think they qualify for those incentives. Let's listen as Christy confirms this and goes on to discuss other forms of relief. No, we don't. We did get a bit of relief on machinery, all the new stuff we bought from Mexico. The new Fed rules mean we are able to fully expense those purchases in year one. Christie is explaining tax relief related to the purchase of machinery. Governments will provide this kind of incentive to encourage businesses both to improve their operations and buy things, both of which help the economy. Christie mentions the new Fed rules, by which she means the federal government. In this case, the new rules mean that brand new equipment can fully expense their purchases of machinery in the first year. Often, purchases of capital assets are reported over a time period, such as three or five years. In other words, we expense it over time. But if we can fully expense a purchase in the first year, we can take the maximum tax benefit right away. That expense reduces our taxable income. We don't have to wait for the benefit of that tax deduction over time. There are also situations where we can't use the total cost of something as a deduction. For example, in many places, you can't fully expense entertainment costs, like taking clients out to dinner. Maybe you can only expense half of that cost for tax purposes. Let's run through some more ways of using this collocation to fully expense something. Do we fully expense this purchase now, or can we assign some to next year? You can't fully expense your home, only the portion that you use for your business. What do Glenn and Ivana have to say about this kind of tax relief? Let's listen. 
That's great news. Yes, that was part of the whole rationale behind the purchases in the first place. And wasn't there another big tax exemption somewhere? Ivana is curious about another tax exemption. Like incentive and relief, a tax exemption is something that will reduce how much tax you have to pay. If something is exempt, it means it's not included. So, if you are exempt from a tax, for example, it means you don't have to pay it. In this case, Ivana is wondering about part of their income that is exempt from tax. Specifically, she's asking about something they spent money on that is tax-exempt. That would mean they don't have to pay tax on that amount. Tax exemption is an important idea when it comes to finding ways to reduce your tax bill. So let's practice some more examples. Charities and religious organizations enjoy special tax exemptions in the U.S. A special tax exemption applies to goods manufactured in the development zone. So, what did they spend money on that was tax-exempt? I don't know about big, but I suppose our most significant one came through our CSR activities. Our charitable donations came in around 50K, so we are exempt from tax on that. Christy is talking about a common type of tax exemption for CSR activities. CSR stands for Corporate Social Responsibility. CSR activities are those which benefit the society or community where the company operates. Rather than just profiting from people, a company may give back to the community somehow. One way of giving back is through charitable donations. A charity is an organization whose purpose is to benefit the public in some way. This might mean helping the environment, providing social services, educating kids, or solving a community problem. If a company gives money to one of these charities, that money is not taxable. This is a very common way for companies to reduce their tax bills. What are some other ways of talking about charitable donations at tax time? Let's try some more examples. These charitable donations will also reduce our taxable income. Only registered charities can issue tax receipts for charitable donations. Now let's hear Glenn's response to Christie's good news about charitable tax exemptions. That's a bonus. And could we have avoided more tax on that front? Or are we already maxed out? Various tax exemptions and incentives usually have limits. That is, you can't give all your money to a charity. This is what Glenn is asking about when he wonders if they are maxed out. If you're maxed out, you've reached the limit. Glenn's asking about whether they're maxed out because he's curious whether they could have avoided more tax through donations. This verb avoid is very important, and it's critical that you don't confuse it with a similar verb, evade. The first is legal while the second is illegal. Looking for tax exemptions and relief are good ways to avoid or minimize taxes. But evading tax means lying to the government, so you don't have to pay. This difference shows you how important collocations are. 
you can't just switch out similar words and hope for the same meaning. If you say evade when you mean avoid, you could be in big trouble. To avoid tax is a good thing to do at tax time, so let's try some more ways of using this collocation. A good accountant can help your company find perfectly legal ways to avoid tax. Amazon shifts a lot of revenue to a subsidiary in Luxembourg to avoid tax. So, are they maxed out on their charitable contributions? Not nearly. We can claim a deduction for up to 25% of our net income. I mentioned deductions when I talked about taxable income. Deductions are anything that we subtract from our gross income to calculate our taxable income. And when you report a deduction or write it on your tax return, we say you are claiming a deduction. The verb to claim is used for any positive thing that you might officially ask for or declare. You can claim expenses, deductions, benefits, exemptions, and all sorts of other things. Let's try some more ways of using to claim a deduction when you talk specifically about taxes. You can't claim a deduction for your car if you just use it to commute to work. The deduction you can claim on entertainment expenses is only 50% of the bill. Now let's get back to the dialogue, as the group is nearing the end of their discussion. Oh wow, didn't realize that. I still think 200k sounds like a lot though. Well, I should mention too that we brought in someone from DPS to review all this. So I'm pretty sure we've done all we can to keep the final bill down. Christy has been questioned pretty hard about the tax situation, but she's had some help. As she says, she brought an external accountant in to help reduce the bill or keep it down. Now there's one more topic Ivana wants to discuss. Let's listen. Great. I know you've put a ton of effort into this. But I just had one more thing before we wrap up. I wanted to have a quick look at cost of goods sold, because there were some red flags there when we bought the company. Could we just take a few minutes to go over what that looked like? When they bought brand new equipment, Ivana noticed some red flags or warning signs about the company's cost of goods sold. This is the issue she wants to go over in more detail. Taxes are normally paid on profits, and profits are calculated by subtracting costs from revenue. There are many types of costs, but one of the most important for a company that sells goods is the cost of goods sold. This covers everything the company pays for in order to actually produce what they're selling. Labor and materials are two of the most important cost of goods sold, but there are others as well, as we can hear in the following examples. You can include shipping and storage as costs of goods sold on your tax return. To calculate cost of goods sold, you will need your starting and ending inventory for the year. We won't hear the detailed discussion of costs of goods sold, but we've listened to the group cover a lot of different tax topics in their conversation.
and it sounds like Christie has done all she can to keep Brando Equipment's tax bill as small as possible. Now it's your turn to practice some of the collocations we've looked at in this lesson. In a moment, you'll hear a series of sentences with a word replaced with a beep. Repeat the whole sentence, including the missing word. Remember, a collocation is two or more words that we commonly use together. So pay close attention to the words before the beep. For example, if you hear, Our revenue was high, but so was our cost of goods. You can say, Our revenue was high, but so was our cost of goods sold. After each response, we'll provide the correct answer. Ready? Let's give it a go. We can fully the equipment this year to reduce taxes. Answer. We can fully expense the equipment this year to reduce taxes. We reduced our final tax bill by increasing our charitable Answer. We reduced our final tax bill by increasing our charitable donations. The government has decided to impose a new on diesel cars. Answer. The government has decided to impose a new tax on diesel cars. We are reporting huge capital from the sale of our office building. Answer. We are reporting huge capital gains from the sale of our office building. That's all for this lesson on collocations for discussing taxes. We've looked at lots of vocabulary and collocations for talking about taxes and how to lower them. For more practice, premium members can access the online quizzes and PDF transcripts for this and other lessons on the BEP website. Not a member yet? Then head over to www.businessenglishpod.com and sign up for a free trial to preview some of the extra resources available to members. Thanks for listening, and see you again soon.